Have you ever read the book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? I love that children's book. And this week, it felt like the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. Particularly on Wednesday, uh, it's just been, it's been a struggle. And I know it's been a struggle for all of us as we've navigated a a couple of things. But for us here at Boone UMC, uh, we particularly had a rough week around COVID. And as Jeff announced earlier, we ended up having to cancel our crossroads service um, for today because of a COVID exposure. And we have managed to navigate all these many months, but um, it really, really, really is so prevalent right now. Uh, and then so grateful for our musicians today at 845 because we also had a, a COVID um, issue from our rehearsal. And so grateful for folks to pitch in. In fact, you probably noticed that Kathy Butler was on the piano bench and we're grateful for her coming in at the last minute because Ben was one of those that did have an exposure. This was supposed to be his first Sunday leading worship with us here in the sanctuary as well as Crossroads. He's okay. All of our staff have te- tested now. Negative. Um, but Jeff will share with you in a little bit. We, we do have several families uh, that are right now in our church family that we do need to hold in prayer as they navigate uh, COVID. And y'all, pray for our worship team over the next several weeks because this is really, really a challenge right now. We want to be able to bring you worship. We want to keep our folks healthy and safe and well. And uh, we just need your prayers as we, we handle these next three or four weeks. And then, of course, as everyone uh, experienced the stunning and upsetting images from Wednesday of our fellow citizens storming the Capitol building with our, our lawmakers inside doing business, the destruction and the violence and the truly the desecration of this really important symbol of our nation's democracy, it was shocking and disturbing. And I realize that we're all still trying to make sense of all of this. And I've been praying all week and weekend long that the ears that would hear this sermon today would um, hear it with the spiritual lens that is being preached and have been praying for the Holy Spirit to, to continue to bless the words that are to come out of my mouth because this is just a really difficult moment um, to be trying to figure out what words to bring to everyone. But it is a spiritual lens in which God has spoken to me, not a political one. And if you're looking for some kind of political bend or uh, implication, then you'll probably hear it because that's what you're listening for. But I pray and want to invite all of us this morning to listen to God's word to hear his message to us today and to hear that our hope, our hope for you this morning is a call to repentance for all of us and most importantly, a call to remember your baptism and what that means for you. The promises made for you at your baptism, the promises that you made at either your baptism or when you professed your faith as an adult. 
and you will want to have a small bowl. If you don't already have one, grab a, a small bowl of water uh, and an, a symbol that you might want to, to use. A seashell uh, is one of the symbols or your baptismal candle. And if you've got that baptismal candle, go ahead and light it if you haven't already to remember this important act that happened in your life uh, when you were baptized. The movie Blood Diamond is a little bit old. It came out, I think, in 2006. But it's a powerful, powerful movie that depicts the world during the, the time of the conflict diamonds. And particularly, this movie focuses on the political and social turmoil in Sierra Leone when they were going through their civil war in 1999. A Mende fisherman named Solomon Vandy that's played by Jmon Honsu and a mercenary-turned-smuggler uh, character named Danny Archer is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. They're on a quest to find this rare pink diamond that each of them are hoping will change their life. So they're finally on the site where this priceless diamond is buried, and Solomon's son, Dia, has joined them by this point, and he was once kidnapped as a child and forced to be a child soldier, uh, but he is alongside them um, as well. And so Danny tells Solomon, all right, keep digging. Like, they, they're going to be here any second. They're being chased. It's like the last minute. There's urgency. They're not 100%. Well, Danny's not 100% sure they're in the right place. Solomon is. He digs and digs and digs and digs, and he finally finds it. And he's like, ah, got it. Here it is. And when they look up, Dia, Solomon's son, has a gun pointed at Danny. And when Solomon sees this, he's also surprised. And he says, Dia, what are you doing? Look at me, what are you doing? You are Dia Vandy of the proud Mende tribe. Dia points his gun then at his father. You are a good boy who loves soccer and school. And then he keeps walking up to Dia. Your mother loves you so much. She waits by the fire making plantains and red palma oil stew with your favorite sister Nyanda and the new baby. And tears stream down the father's eyes, cheeks. And the cows wait for you, and Babu, the wild dog who will mind no one but you. By this point, tears are starting to stream down Dia's cheeks. But Solomon continues, I know they made you do bad things, but you are not a bad boy. I am your father who loves you, and you will come home with me and be my son again. And Dia puts the gun down, and Solomon hugs him. This is a powerful scene in this movie that reminds us when we lose sight of who we are and whose we are, it can cause us to lose our way and to do things that we would have never done. And we need someone like Solomon to remind us of our identity. Today we celebrate the fact that we actually do have that someone and his name is Jesus that Jesus reminds us over and over that we are a beloved son or a beloved daughter of God and that we are not bad children. Just sometimes we need to lay down the sin and the brokenness in our lives and remember and to reclaim our identity as loved by God. So today, we remember and re we reaffirm 
that identity. So I invite you to hear this word from the Gospel of Mark and to listen to how this scripture story in particular shares with us, tells us something about the identity of Jesus. From Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced one stronger than I am coming is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I dearly love. In you, I find happiness. God's word for all of us, God's children, and we are thankful. Can you remember your baptism? I don't know if anyone here can remember their baptism. I'm sure that some of you can, and some of you may not, especially if it's been many, many years ago, or if you were like me and you were baptized as an infant. I was about three months old when I was baptized, and while I may not remember, no, I do not remember exactly what happened that day, I do know what took place. I do know actually exactly what took place, even if I can't remember it. And I am very grateful for the opportunity that our denomination provides for us to periodically remember our baptism and all that it means for us today as faithful adult Christians and youth. You may be asking, why is it important to remember our baptism? And I think this week, maybe more than any other week, it may be critical for us to remember who we are and whose we are as the storms continue to swirl around us, threatening our well-being, our peace of mind, and our security. When we remember our baptism, it is in fact a way of remembering and reclaiming our Christian identity. And that becomes key in navigating through these tumultuous times. The world right now looks like a dark wilderness. And the divisions that keep escalating invite us to the darker sides of ourselves. No matter what side you find yourself on, on whichever division you choose to talk about right now. Because it is too easy for us to forget who we are and to lose ourselves in this worldly wilderness. And because we've already been claimed to look and live in a different way. And before we easily get lost in the darkness, remember your baptism. 
Remember the promises that you made to God and that God made for you. And listen for that voice of Solomon in your life that is reminding you of your best identity. But maybe first it's important for us to explore what is happening at baptism. The baptism of Jesus is told in all four gospels. There are not many stories that we find in all four of them. So we know this is a seminal, critical moment. And there are three things that I think we should pay attention to in this text that helps us better claim our own identity and authority as Christians. Let's look at the preparation that this text calls for, the setting in which it takes place, and the revelation that it gives about Jesus's identity as well as our own. So John was preparing, anticipating the coming of the Messiah. And he was preaching repentance and he was preaching that the day of the Lord was coming. The day of the Lord is coming. Well, they would have been very familiar with that phrase, the listeners of his day, because the Old Testament prophets use this phrase all the time. And John the Baptist was a prophet. It it implied doom and destruction and God's terrible judgment on our sins before God's compassionate salvation would rescue and redeem God's people. John was basically calling all those people who'd come out from Jerusalem and Judea and come out to the Jordan River to get your act together. That the time is coming near. And when I think about the Old Testament concept of the day of the Lord, I think about this past week. And y'all, there were moments when I thought, here it is. We are here. The day of the Lord has arrived. This is the day of judgment that has come. Please, Lord, now bring your salvation. John was trying to convince the people to prepare for this impending coming of the Messiah by doing a few things, because that's what John was referring to, the Messiah that was to come and save them. The people most ready to receive this Messiah would be people who had repented, been forgiven of their sins, and been baptized. So in John's own way, he was helping to prepare the public to be ready for what Jesus had to say once he got rolling, Jesus got rolling with his public ministry. And by remembering our baptism, we are reorienting ourselves each year in order to be prepared to receive once again the teaching and the guidance of Christ in our lives. It is essentially a call to reform ourselves, to reform our lives. And this takes us to the second point, the setting. John's baptism takes place in the wilderness and that symbolism is not lost on me that it is out in the desert, the wilderness, the deserted places that we tend to lose our way. Biblically, it was in the wilderness that the Israelites lost their way between Egypt and the promised land. God had to redeem them through Moses and the 10 commandments. After decades of idolatry and social injustice and perversion of their faith and practice in Yahweh, God finally scatters the chosen people into exile across the Middle East. God eventually brings the beloved Israelites back across the wilderness and returns them home to Jerusalem after the exile and eventually redeems them. John's work in the wilderness also symbolizes that once again the people have lost their way and they are in need of a savior, hence his call for them to repent. So Jesus is on his way to bring salvation once again to the people. 
The wilderness represents a place of sin and brokenness for the Israelites, and I believe it's the same for us. And I believe right now we find ourselves in a deep wilderness, desperately in need of a savior. We are in desperate need of a path out of the darkness that is trying to bewilder and confuse us. But the key to finding that path forward and the key to the redemptive work that God does both historically and through Christ uh, today is in John's call for repentance. To repent can mean a couple of different things. Merriam-Webster reminds us it can mean to change one's mind, to regret what is in the past, to turn around or specifically theologically to turn towards God. And I think our practice of repentance involves a little bit of all three of those. I think that to repent of our sins in any kind of a genuine way requires us to change our minds, to look at our lives and recognize that the direction that we are heading is taking us away from God, that the choices we are making don't reveal an identity that is grounded in the life and the teaching of Jesus. And maybe we are in need of making some changes in order to reflect a life that truly loves God and loves all of our neighbors. To repent can also mean to regret what is in the past. How many of us look back over the last year and we regret something that has happened, something that we said, something that we did? We can even look back on the events of this past week and wonder with deep regret how we might have played some kind of small role in creating the divisions that stoked the boiling over of emotions and actions in D.C. And of course, we are always in need of turning or reorienting our lives back towards God. And that's what we are hoping to do today when all is said and done, to provide you an opportunity in which you can repent and reorient back towards God so that Jesus stays as the center of your heart. And this brings us to the most important, I think, focus of this scripture which is the visual and bold way in which it proclaims the identity of Christ. Simply put, Jesus, by Jesus participating in John's baptism, it provides an opportunity for God to lay claim on who Jesus truly is. We know that Jesus is the spirit-empowered Son of God that has indeed pleased God very much, made God very happy. God claims this is so the minute that Jesus comes up out of the water. The events of Jesus' baptism tell us something new and amazing is taking place. Can you just imagine it with me? As Jesus enters the water and John offers a blessing over him, he goes down into the water, his robe, his hair are dry, his name unknown by the people on the shore. He comes up out of the water wet, blessed, and the first thing he sees are the heavens splitting open. Other translations talk about it almost being ripped apart. Jesus comes up out of that water one step closer to starting his public ministry. And the same is true for us. We are different people after our baptism. We enter the waters of baptism as if going to our death. But we come up out of that water covered with new life.
We enter the baptismal waters as a lost and sinful child. We come up out of those waters as a redeemed and beloved child of God. The baptism of Jesus establishes the identity and authority of Jesus as the Son of God. Our baptism establishes our identity and our authority as a child of God and a servant of Christ. Hear these words from Galatians 3, 26 through 29. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. I love that line. All of you are baptized in Christ, uh, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Ask any teenager about the clothes that they wear. Well, any adult for that matter. Clothes help set up our identity and define who we are. Whether it's a three-piece suit or jeans with holes and a t-shirt or maybe it's scrubs or a uniform or a UNC sweatshirt. All of these clothing items reveal something about our identity. So I ask, do your spiritual clothes that you symbolically wear identify you with Jesus? If so, in what way? Maybe by remembering our baptism today, we can remember that our baptism establishes us as a child of God, and now we need to make sure that we are living like that is true, as if we were clothed in Christ. So in a few minutes, we're going to share the questions that are asked at our, all of our baptisms or when an adult professes their faith in the United Methodist tradition. They're powerful and important questions for us to ask ourselves this week that help us live fully into our Christian identity as someone who loves Jesus and is loved by Jesus. One of those questions goes like this. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Shoo. As I reflected personally on this question, I couldn't help but remember the images of glass windows being bashed in at the Capitol building, uh, images of guns and tear gas and fear, of five people losing their lives in the chaos of this dark moment. I think there's a difference between exercising free speech and breaking the laws of the land and exerting violence and fear to try to make your point or to get your way. And to be clear, that is true no matter what the cause is. Our Christian identity requires us to remember that we are called to a higher purpose and example, that we are called to recognize that wicked forces, they are actively at work trying to pull us away from God. And it is our Christian identity that calls us to reject that pull, to choose the light. And when we lean towards these sinful influences that are in our lives, then we are called to repent, to turn around and to seek Jesus. 
And y'all, there is no moral high ground here. Every one of us needs to repent and seek the light of Jesus over and over. Second question that you said yes to when you professed your faith asks, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Another aspect of our Christian identity is to own that not only do these evil forces exist and operate in the world, but God has given us the power and the ability to choose to resist these influences. We have the power to choose the path of justice, not injustice. We have the power to recognize that oppressing anyone is sinful, and we are to remember we are called to show a servant's heart, not to seek power over others. We do have the power and the ability to choose to rise above the sin that beckons and tempts us, and our baptism gave us that power and possibility if we choose to use it. So we want to invite you to remember your baptism and all that your baptism means for your life as a Christian. And in a, ch- a second, you'll have a chance to respond to four questions that, that we'll share with you. But beyond just answering these questions here this, this morning in worship, I want to invite you to take some time, maybe today, maybe it's later this week, to do some serious reflection around your personal Christian identity. How do you look like a child of God? How do you live your life in a way that makes God happy? How is your baptism like a watermark of the Holy Spirit visual in your life? A watermark, uh, the thing that that, uh, like you can see on a piece of paper that's in the background that's kind of faded but, but is still there. You can print on top of it, but that watermark is there. How is your baptism like a watermark on your life still, still visible that God has laid claim on you as a Christian? If you don't refresh your faith and reclaim your Christian identity, you'll get lost in the influences of today that pull hard and strong away from God. The immense events of life and everyday life can overwhelm you. You will feel lost in the sea of darkness unless you remember and look for the light of Christ. And like a moth, fly to that light. Christ is the source of who we are and who we are to be. And reclaiming our identity in Christ will give us the strength to sustain us in this wilderness, just like the Israelites, the exiles, and the early Christians. And reclaiming our identity in God is a way that we can begin to work our way out of this difficult week and to live our lives as a redeemed child of God and a servant of Christ. So will you join me in reclaiming that identity today? I want to invite Jeff to come forward as we prepare to remember our baptism. And as 
I already shared with you, I was a baby. I didn't remember my baptism, but I have done this service at um, previous churches for several years, and I will never forget one, one, one day, an 80-year-old woman came forward, and there were just tears gushing in her eyes, and she said to me, I... I have never participated in a service like this before, and I thank you for the opportunity to remember um, this this moment that happened in my life, and uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be reminded that God is still working in my life. Jeff, I wonder if you have um, any thoughts you want to share about the power of remembering your baptism. Yeah, I, as, a, as a pastoral intern in seminary, I had the opportunity to participate in the baptism of a young man at the church that we were serving, my wife and I were serving at the time. And I'll never forget this. He, I, we were talking about baptism and, and I asked him, hey, Adam, uh, why do you want to be baptized? And this was somebody who was in the youth program. He's a little bit older. He's 17 years old, I think. I said, Adam, why do you want to be baptized? And he said, you know, I want to be baptized because I want to remember that no matter what else happens to me the rest of my life, no matter what I do or what else happens to me, I want to remember this day and remember that it means that I belong to Jesus and Jesus has claimed me. And I, I just thought that's such a beautiful way to think about baptism that, hey, whatever's going on in the world, <laughs> you are a baptized and beloved child of God. Mm. That is powerful, and that's what we're trying to remind ourselves of um, this morning. And so, again, if you don't have that bowl of water, you want to, to get that now. But we want to, to ask you to think about these questions and answer them for yourself this morning. Uh, to remind yourself, you, you've answered them at one point before, but this is just a chance to reaffirm your faith in God. And so that first question, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers in this world, and repent of your sin? Um, important are verbs there, to renounce, reject, and repent. And the focus is on our ability to reject these evil forces that exist in the world, the outside powers that do try to influence us in negative ways, but also our ability to repent of our sins when these negative forces get the best of us and we break relationship with God and with neighbor. So as we remember our baptism this morning, we have the chance to once again build up our courage to turn our backs on the dark powers of sin in this world that pull us away from God and God's ways. And I invite you to reflect and to recognize that not only are we capable of sin and that we succumb to sin, but in this moment, we say, forgive me, Lord. What in your life do you need to repent of and what do you need to pray over God to give you the strength to renounce and resist? And I'll offer you just a moment of, of silent reflection. The next question Lori Beth read earlier as well, um, but it is an equally um, insightful and, and, and challenging question. It is this. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? 
And as we think about that question this morning and reflect on it, um, I, I think it's important to notice that baptism is not just a passive thing that happens to us. It's not just a, a, a worship experience, a, a, a sacrament. It is a call <laughs> to respond to God's work in our lives and to respond by resisting evil, injustice, and oppression in all forms. And so I want to invite you just in this moment to think about the ways in which having been baptized and being a child of God calls you to respond this morning in in the ways that we see evil, injustice, and oppression in our world. The third question, do you confess Jesus Christ as your savior, put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? This one gets a little easier to wrap our head around. The point of the reflection here is to reaffirm our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our savior. And in doing that, we promise to trust Christ first and foremost and to serve Christ, that, that we take on that role of servant leader, being willing to be Christ's hands and feet in this world. And do we reaffirm our commitment to be a partner with the church and the church's people, who by the way are incredibly and beautifully diverse. The servants that God chooses to use are various ages from all over the world and have a variety of skin colors. So take a moment and reflect on your commitment to confessing today once again Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and being part of this diverse church family. The final question is this. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Again, I think it's just an opportunity to remind ourselves that we are called to unity as the body of Christ, even when we don't agree with one another. We are called to unity as representatives of Christ in the world to show and share God's love and mercy and grace with one another. And that also is a part of our baptismal promise that we make and live into every day. So I invite you to reflect on that now. Amen. Let me offer this prayer over our water. Um, This water is a reminder and a symbol of um, the cleansing work that Christ has already done in our life and that the Holy Spirit continues to do. Holy God, we pray your blessing upon this water as we are reminded of all the ways that through history you have worked through water. In the beginning of time, you created um, order out of chaos and your breath 
um, spread across the waters um, at our creation. And we know that you also um, chose to um, send the floods when you were reminding us that we had broken covenant with you. We also remember that when you were bringing the Israelite slaves out of Egypt that you spread the water and let them cross through safely. And when they were in that wilderness, lost and um, far from you, you provided water in the rock where there was none so that they could be sustained, life could be nurtured. And then you brought them across the River Jordan to the Promised Land um, through the waters. We also know that Jesus was born through the womb of the water of Mary. And we know that through this baptism, and our baptism, that you use water as that symbol to remind us um, not only of your cleansing presence in our life, but also of um, your grace and reminder that we do not walk this journey alone, that we are indeed children of God sealed by your love. And that seal never fades. That seal never goes away. And so today we pray um, that you will bless this water that we are about to use to remember the work that you've already done and continue to do in our lives. Amen. So as the band plays a song, I want to invite you to remember your baptism. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. You may take the water and make a sign of the cross on your forehead. Or maybe you want to remember that you are called to be a servant of Christ. And you'll take the water and make a sign of the cross on your hands. Maybe you just want to splash around. Maybe you just want to feel this water as a cleansing um, touch on your hand. Whatever is important to you and meaningful to you. This is your time. But remember your baptism and be faithful because you are a beloved child of God. And truly, truly, that makes God so very happy. Take this time. It is yours. <laughs> 